Hey y'all, welcome to Emergency Medicine Memoirs, a teen's perspective on emergency medicine. This podcast provides a place for EMS professionals and ER doctors to share their experiences and insights. From first-hand accounts of medical emergencies to discussions on the latest advancements in the field, this podcast will provide a unique and valuable perspective on the world of emergency medicine. Join us as we explore the challenges and triumphs of this exciting and dynamic field through the eyes of a teenager. Hey y'all, happy new year. Welcome to the first episode of 2023. I'm looking forward to sharing with y'all the stories of many more emergency medicine professionals this year. I'm very excited to welcome C.S. McSherry to Emergency Medicine Memoirs. She is here to share her journey in the world of emergency medicine services. Hey, my name's Chrislyn. I've been a paramedic with Austin Travis County EMS for 10 years, coming up in February. Um, I got my EMT basic back in 2010 and went through paramedic school, um, finished up in 2012 and then started working here. Um, I enjoy it a lot. Nice. (laughs) So, what call do you think that you learned the most from? Um, So I've been thinking about this question for the last several minutes, and it's hard to come up with any one in particular call. Like, I feel like I've learned so much over the years, um, and not not one particular call stands out to me. Um, But you're able to pick stuff, kind of pick and choose from different calls along the way, um, and really grow from that. Um, there are a couple calls that stand out in my head that have really kind of helped me deal with either family members or like maybe how to deal with like a psych patient better, um, how to maybe manage a certain situation better, but there's not any one particular thing that really stands out to me. Also, there is a CS before your name. Can there you is. explain to our listeners what that means and what that entails? Yes. So when you come into the Austin Travis County EMS system, there are several different credentialing ranks. Um, we are a civil service um, department, so we have kind of we've split that up. You have your civil service rank, which is the clinical specialist, is the is the second level up. So we have our medics as our entry level EMT or medic uh, paramedic that comes in. And then you can promote after a couple of years, you can move into the clinical specialist position, um, which is the next rank up from that. Um, so basically what that does is it puts me in the lead position on the truck to be the, the head paramedic. Got it. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Now, what drugs or equipment on the truck do you find yourself using the most often? I know we have a few medics um, or CSs who everyone knows that they use drug, the specific drug, the most often for equipment. Yeah, so I mean, one thing that we always take in on every single call is our cardiac monitor. You can learn so much from it. You can, um, one of the biggest things, you know, is just using your basic knowledge of how to assess a patient. You can go and you can look at them, usually by what we do, the view from the door, is we look at a patient and within the first five seconds of looking at somebody, you should be able to say, are they really sick or are they not sick? And you can tell real basic stuff by, are they working to breathe really hard? Do the, does their skin look bad? Are they sweaty? Are they, um, are they really pale? You know, that kind of thing. But honestly, the cardiac monitor tells us a good majority of what we need to know as far as their blood pressure, their oxygen saturations, we can put them on an end tidal cannula, which tells us um, how fast they're breathing as well as how much carbon dioxide they're breathing out. 
And then you can hook them up to a four lead and a 12 lead and you can look at their EKG, which also is, tells you a whole lot about their condition. Um, and then in some cases, if we have like a smoke inhalation or anything where somebody's complaining of a possible carbon monoxide poisoning, we can hook them up to that as well. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Now, I know the shifts are pretty long. They can be 12 or 24 hours. Yeah. What shift do you pick up the most? So I work 24s. My husband is also a um, paramedic firefighter for a different neighboring department. So we have to kind of organize our schedules a little bit um, to kind of help provide for childcare at home. Uh, so I, I primarily stick to 24-hour shifts. And we work 24 on, 72 off with an occasional on-call day about every four weeks or so. Got it. And what do you do in terms of fitness to keep up with these long shifts? Um, so a lot of things we like to do is you, you want to stay up on your strength and very good body mechanics. So a lot of times we, we hit the gym, we like to lift, we lift heavy. Um, as you can see earlier in some of the calls, um, we have to kind of maneuver our patients a lot and help them. Um, so really it's about keeping your body in good shape, stretching, uh, and you also have to take care of your mind too. So not only are you taking care of your physical health, but you have to take care of your mental health as well. Makes sense. Now, there are a bunch of different things that can come with calls. Mm -hmm. How do you cope with the mental trauma you encounter during some specific calls? It's a, that's a tough one too. We do have some calls that sit with us for a while and luckily we have some really good resources here. For me personally, I like to go to the gym um, and then I also have a very good support group at home. My, my husband obviously is in the same profession, so we're able to kind of, we go home and, you know, we have about an hour where we kind of de-discuss what, you know, what happened on shift and kind of debrief a little bit. And then the rest of the day we spend focus on our family. Um, I talk a lot. I talk to friends. I talk to family. I talk to pretty much whoever will listen. And if I have a call that really hits me hard, um, I pretty much do whatever I can to kind of offload that as soon as possible because yeah. a lot of those things that's that's one thing that we're kind of bad about is we hold on to things and they say that if you get past that two weeks of you're still having nightmares you're still um, kind of having this anxiety and panic attacks that you really should seek out mm -hmm. some sort of um, either peer support or a therapist or somebody that can help you kind of bring those memories out and process them and put them in the place that they need to be because otherwise you're going to continue to suffer and that's not good when it starts to pile up like that. Yeah. And is there any ongoing support or help or classes coming from the Austin EMS department? We do, yeah. Um, so we actually have um, a name drop here, Tanya Glenn and her office has been phenomenal. They provide our peer support team. They provide services to us um, on a confidential basis. Um, and they take care of a lot of the surrounding departments as well. They have a couple of different offices where they can be seen. They do um, things like EMDR, mm -hmm. which is something that you can totally look up. And basically what that helps is to process those thoughts and memories and put them in the correct spots to where you're not having recurring thoughts or nightmares and um, not having any more issues with uh, PTSD or PTSI, so post-traumatic stress injury is what they refer to it as. Got it. Um, if you could tell the public anything about your job, what is the one thing that you would want them to know? It's not as dramatic as it seems. <laughs> so there are a lot of EMS shows or fire shows. Um, uh, we just had one come out. What was that one that we just had? What was? Lone Star 911. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Lone Star 911 was 
the most hilarious thing ever. Like we watched it and we're like, this totally does not happen. Um, it's it's way too it's so far out like I used to so I used to love watching the show house I uh -huh. loved it until I got an EMS and then I was like nope that's inaccurate yeah. that's inaccurate that's overly dramatized you know all uh -huh. these things where I was just like this is so dumb you know yeah. but to to your standard like civilian or you know lay person who doesn't know what really goes on in EMS it, it's cool right it's yeah. cool it's dramatic it's like oh this is really cool but we don't do that. Like our our big serious dramatic calls are less than five percent of what we run. And like Aaron was saying, it's it's a lot of social work. It's a lot of just slowing down and helping people with what they need. And it's not always the blood, guts, and gore. Yeah, makes sense. Now, since this is a podcast for teens, for a teenager interested in becoming a medic, how and where should they start? Um, start with wherever you can. If you can start with your local, you know, fire department, um, EMS department, police department, whatever you think that you want to get into, what you're doing right here with the Explorer Post is phenomenal. Like, I love the fact that we have this program for you guys. It brings you in and it kind of slowly introduces you to what we do out in the field. And then it gives you the opportunity to kind of get up close and personal with everything that we do, um, figure out if this is for you, if it's not for you. Um, and it really allows you to sit in a safe spot in the front row to see if this is something that you like and you want to pursue. Makes sense. And if you aren't aware about what the post C.S. McSherry is talking about, please go watch episode one with Medic Malone and he'll explain a bit more about that. Well, thank you C.S. McSherry for being on this episode Absolutely. of Emergency Medicine Memoirs. We truly appreciate it and hope to have you on again in a later episode. And to the listeners, thanks for tuning in, and we will be bringing in more guests in the future. So make sure you follow and allow notifications. Until next time.